This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're, 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 you're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. We are back and we are here to talk about the final tune-up for Ohio State before the matchup against that school up north. That's right, today, Ohio State completely dusts off Minnesota 37-3 and I will say this game looked for anybody looking for like a total annihilation game like a 70 to nothing game this game looked a hell of a lot like a lot of the other earlier season Big Ten matchups where Ohio State had I don't want to say struggles but things conspired against them in the first half and then at some point in the second half they woke up and pulled away and it in this game it was the very beginning of the second half where they yeah. just woke up and beat the holy crap out of uh minnesota yeah i was gonna say you said that at some point they woke up i think the waking up point was quite literally just the first play from scrimmage out of the out of the half there where trayvon henderson takes it 75 yards to the house um, they should try that more like just let yeah. them just get, get yeah. 75 yards on one play. I don't know what that play was, but that that's how you should win. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good idea, right? Just, yeah. you know, break off a 75 yarder every now and then. Um, no, yeah, it, it, it did feel, I, I probably owe maybe somewhat of an apology to, to Minnesota when our, for our, on our preview show, mm-hmm. I sort of looking through the numbers and watching some of the film back, felt like their defense wasn't that good. And they actually, I thought had a, their pass rush, made some plays tonight, um, especially that sequence at the end of the first half, Nick, was a complete disaster Oof. where uh, you kind of you're, – you're trying to basically get like a – you're trying to like go get like a two for two essentially. Like, okay, we'll try to get points here. We know we're getting the ball to start the second half, so we'll score again. And you get a 12-yard run to kind of get you out of the, the shadow of your own goalposts from Henderson, and that kind of gives you some breathing room. And then you went false start, called a timeout to, to avoid the clock whining. Then McCord incomplete to Henderson. McCord complete for three yards to Stover. And then McCord sacked. And I thought that kind of was like a, a testament to the first half. Their defensive line got some pressure and did some nice things and slowed down this offense and made them really work for the drives that they did score on and kept them out of the end zone on two of those drives and held them to field goals. And then, you know, you come out of the, the second half and it's one of those things where like, okay, Ohio State eventually is going to get going. And it just so happened that it was on the first play of from scrimmage in the second half. So it was good to see him pull away. It was another one of those like, okay, you're kind of testing yourself and, and seeing where you're at. Um, I think if you're an Ohio State fan, you like us, I, I think you probably wanted to see them build off of the Michigan State win last week and kind of come out rolling out of the gate. But doesn't always happen that way. It's, it's Big Ten football, and this felt kind of like a, a Big Ten football game. So I actually have to give P.J. Fleck a lot of credit for early in the game. I will then later in the, the podcast, <laughs> I will rip him apart for what happened later in the game. But early in the game, I thought they did a really good job of managing field position, and they just kept pinning. Like, I'll be honest, the first yeah. drive ended in seven, and it was kind of methodical, and it was kind of perfect. And I remember thinking, like, well, should we uh, the old joke, which is should we start the uh, post game podcast at halftime to you know have more of a Saturday night with our families? 
But what I thought was really good is I just thought he made a lot of really smart decisions, you know, at kind of midfield. Instead of trying to be too aggressive early, he just kind of put Ohio State into pressure situations on offense. And that got him out of rhythm. And I, you mentioned the end of uh, the first half where it was just just really rough sequencing after that that twelve yard first down. To me, that um, that that uh, third down play where McCord got sacked, that's the nightmare scenario yeah. that Ohio State has to avoid. And by the way, um, I. I Minnesota's defense played very well tonight, and, and they actually deserve credit because they were outmanned in a lot of ways. All this being said, when you're in that situation and it's third and long or third and medium, and you have an you have a quarterback with no mobility who's skittish under pressure and an offensive line where they're really you can see the weak points in in pass blocking, you can't put McCord in that situation. And I just thought it was I thought I thought. I thought in that moment, I didn't understand what Ryan Day was trying to do. You got the ball back with, I think, about a minute to go. You'd not been having a lot of success. And I thought Ryan Day kind of put Kyle McCord in a dangerous position because it was apparent that that kid at that moment, his confidence was kind of um, it was kind of ebbing at the moment. And that's not a moment where you want to be like, hey, end of the first half, let's put a lot of pressure on you and see. Because I – I'll be honest with you. I think they got really lucky that that wasn't a disastrous moment when you were quote unquote only up thirteen to nothing. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I I really wasn't too mad at Ryan Day for that though, if I'm being honest, because I felt like okay, you I I listen. You're right. Like you don't want to put a lot of you, you don't want to put McCord in a situation where he throws a pick six or gives Minnesota any momentum going into the half. I totally understand that. Um, but I felt like as you're trying to kind of work out some of these kinks here before the Michigan game. And at that point, the game wasn't in hand. So you don't want, you want to be a little bit more careful, but I can't blame Dave for feeling like, okay, I'm guessing the way he thought that was going to go was because the third, the the run from Henderson was actually like a third down play. It was third and four. Mm -hmm. And he gets on the first down. I'm guessing that it was one of those, like, okay, if we don't get the first down, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to run the ball and see what happens. We'll let the clock run out. But once they got that first down, I think it was kind of like, okay, let's see if we can maybe get some points out of this and try to push the the, the pedal a little bit. But so like, I, I don't real, hate real that. quick on that because I know you want to give Ryan some credit for for how he handled yeah. the court in general. But like, I understand what you're saying. Like, I don't know that this is the game. Like, I think you had a bunch of little moments to kind of get Kyle McCord prepped up and stuff. And so, like, I just thought it was a really awkward time in the clock to be like to change we're going to go from, Hey, if we get a first down, that'd be nice. And you know, we'll see where we go from there to being like, we're going to go Johnny guns blazing into this and drop this kid into, into coverage. It just, it just felt like, so it just felt counterintuitive to the rest of the first half where I thought Ryan day played it very safe with my uh, Kyle McCord. So it was like, all right, you saw the kid was shake was shook. You saw the kid was maybe a little uncomfortable, if you had maybe gotten the ball at the 45, I could totally understand being like, well, okay, favorable field position. we got about a minute. Let's go ahead and just get this cook and see what we can do. But, man, up against your own end zone. And, yeah. again, I know you got the first down, but, man, I just like – this kid is not that, okay? And I, I think what Ryan Day does is he does all these things that tell this kid, hey, I don't really trust you. And, by the way, he's probably right, at least right now. The kid is not ready for a lot of these moments. And when you're saying that against Minnesota, that's not great. All right. Now, I don't want to overreact to this, but the point is you 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 keep telling this kid with either your facial expressions on the sidelines or the the way that you handle him, hey, I don't really trust you. And then in this sporadic moment where it's like, shit, we got a first down. I trust you. Go out there. Make magic. It's a little maddening. That that falls back on where one of Ryan Day's, and I don't know if it's a true negative, or, but I just think maybe a weakness I don't, where he's maybe not as strong in other areas, however you want to frame it. I just think it goes back to this guy doesn't have a coaching personality. There's no flavor, right? Like there are times where you're like, oh man, he's, he's like Emerald. He's like, wham, bam. Thank you, man. He's throwing everything in there. Did he just throw cumin into that bitch? I can't believe he did that. <laughs> and then there are times where he's like, why does this taste like sawdust? And 
for most of that first half, it was sawdust. And then at the last moment, he's like, bam, cumin. What? You can't, like, you, you do kind of have to know your yeah. personnel and you have to know where a kid is in his progression. And it's, it just felt, yeah, it felt weird to me. It's, it's, it's maybe fair. the better way. It's fair. I guess my thing is, like you said, you mentioned you had all these moments sort of leading up to this to work things out with McCord. This is your last moment, though. Like, like this is your last chance to try something like that, and it probably doesn't end up costing you in the long run because this is a game you know you can win versus next week if you're in that same situation. Yeah, you're, you might want to go for the points. Like, you might be like, hey, we're just going to go guns a-blazing, try to score before the half because we know we're getting the ball back and maybe you're in a tight game versus Michigan. Or maybe you do just kind of sit on the ball and say, we'll just play for the second half. But I think both of us would be sitting here after the game if that same situation comes up next week and say they're in like a tie game or it's a one-score game in favor of Michigan or something. I'm guessing both of us would sit here and say, well, why aren't you being aggressive in that situation? So I didn't mind it as much. Obviously, hindsight's 2020. He didn't he didn't throw a pick six or anything. So we can sit here and say it didn't cost him too much. But it was a weird sequence overall. Um, I'll give you that. I thought the play calling on that specific sequence was weird. It was, was weird. also he also got banged up in that. In yeah, that, that, well, that was sacked. and that yeah. that is a concern going to Michigan where right. all right, so it was a weird situation to do, and now the kid might be a little banged. And I thought he was yeah, a little yeah. banged up in Rutgers too, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point too on the injury front in terms of him getting hurt. Um, but and that's maybe where he could have thought a little bit differently about it. Like, okay, it took you a couple plays to get out of sort of the shadow of your goalpost, maybe at that point you just say, all right, we only had like 50 seconds left anyway. Why why bother? Um, versus like, hey, we're just going to be aggressive right out of the gate here and try to go score. So I don't know. So um, but I, real I, quick, because yeah. I, I do know you want to defend Ryan. I actually kind of want to hold that over because, because of where we are. Because I, I want to give you the full space to do it instead of trying to cram it in here. But can we admit, that like this is one of those games where the people, the Buckeyes fans who are a little nervous about either next week or a hypothetical Big Ten title game or certainly a playoff game, this is kind of the game where you fall back on and you go, man, how good well, are they Well, really? next week is the game, but yeah. Well, yeah, but my, well, I think my point <laughs> is like, you know, it's 13 nothing. And then you just kind of have like that 75-yard – I mean, this is the second half. You go uh, the, the one-play 75-yard touchdown from Travion, Minnesota fumble. It was on a short field. You got an a easy touchdown there. Minnesota interception, you kind of stalled out, but Jaden Fielding, I think, hit his longest field goal attempted yeah. as the Buckeyes kicker. And then a TD on what I honestly thought, to me, the most impressive drive of the game. And I, I actually, to me, it mirrored very much um, what you did on the first sec or on the first drive, except this one wasn't scripted, and you were kind of using the short passing game just to kind of chip away and just take uh, take Minnesota down just little bit by little bit without weighing too heavily on Travion. And I really thought that final touchdown, which started with I think like seven minutes to go in the third quarter and ended, I think, with like a minute, like 50, 30, 40 seconds in the fourth quarter. I thought that was the one where I was like, okay, Kyle, <laughs> you settled down. That was good enough. And I think after that, I think it's when we saw Keenholz come in. Yeah, yeah. So like, but again, like you can't do that against better teams. And the, the Buckeyes have done a good job defensively of – of kind of nutting up when it, when it comes to first halves against better teams. But, like, you can't really do that. Like, just because Penn State doesn't have a down-the-field passing game and just because Notre Dame – I mean, it, Notre Dame really was the most impressive thing because Sam Hartman came into that game hotter than hell. But, like, you've been able to stymie, like, good or, like, okay-ish or better-than-good offenses. Like, Michigan's got a bunch of dudes. And, and, and if you make it to the playoffs – Georgia has dudes like dudes for days. Like everybody does. You can't afford to get yourself behind the way you were. And it, and I got to tell you, like, I think it's a real concern going into next week because I don't doubt that Ohio state at some point will be able to put up significant points and get, but like, here's the thing. You don't get back into a game with a team like Michigan. You don't get back into a game with a team like Georgia. If you fall down 21 to nothing, your ass is grass. 
And you're just, they're going to just kind of play keep away from you as long as they can. So I just thought this was, I know it's the last tune up. I, I buy into things like, well, they were looking ahead, all this kind of stuff, but it kind of just was a dry fart of a game uh, for for Ohio state in a game that uh, all due respect to Minnesota. I think there was a lot of opportunities there to run away with this, this one in the first half. And it was just honestly a bad Kyle McCord performance. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, and it, listen, I've been harping on this all all year with the the first half score. I mean, I think there, I think Ohio State is at about like six points uh, on average scored in the first quarter, which isn't something that's necessarily going to cut it for you. Um, in the first half of games, I, I think sort of inflated by a couple of recent performances, especially the Michigan State game. They're up to, I think, like 16 points per half in the first half. So they've gotten a little bit better there. But you're right. Like, you can't fall behind to a, a team like Michigan and think you're going to dig yourself out of it with this offense. Like, that, the Ohio State's just not built for that. When you had C.J. Stroud, when you had Justin Fields, when you had Dwayne Haskins, maybe you were built for that, but you're not built for that with this current group. And so, yeah, like, th- this, this matchup next week, very much is going to come down to your defense doing what it's done all year, which is slowing down the opponent and giving you more bites at the apple until your offense kind of kicks it into high gear. And you got to hope that they kick it into high gear earlier than the first play from scrimmage in the second half. Um, so I'm hundred percent right there with you. I, I am, I wouldn't say this win you walk away from it feeling like convinced of anything. It's unfortunate too, Nick, because, on a day where Michigan was really tested for the first time, you were looking for reasons to to be able to lean towards Ohio State and say, yeah. okay, they got a pretty good shot in this one now. Like I, I like where their offense is at. They've they've gotten better in recent weeks. And Michigan struggled a little bit with Maryland. And and you know, there's there's some cracks there, there's some chinks in the armor, maybe that Ohio State can exploit. And I still think that's true. We can have that conversation during the show, of course, about what we saw from Michigan today. But I, I definitely wanted to see a. I, I wanted to be a little bit more inspired by the offense in terms of what they did in the first half, and, and be able to kind of firmly say, okay, we got ourselves like a real true matchup coming up next week, where these two teams really are are meeting each other at a perfect time. And I'm I'm a little bit more nervous because I'm I'm looking ahead thinking. Man, if they start slow like they did, the, like they did tonight, like they've done in other games this year, then that could really be just like the straw that breaks the camel back, the camel's back, and you could be out of it early, which is not what you want to see in that game, of course. All right, guys, we are continuing to break down Ohio State and Minnesota. I, I feel as if we just are talking about like a like a ten to three, like like this is a this is an Iowa Illinois post game show. No, it was thirty seven <laughs> to three uh, on the final tune up for Ohio State before Michigan and. I know Spencer wants to give uh, Ryan Day some flowers on how he handled Kyle McCord, and I think there was, listen, for all the things we've said, there was the biggest positive takeaway from this game that has real lasting impact on the Michigan game and beyond. We'll get to that next, but first a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, Nick Wilson, Spencer German, back with you. If you are joining us here live, please leave a comment. If you are watching this on, well, Chuck. We already got one comment. It's, uh, it's a and little I think vulgar, it's, but I guess it's pretty, we can... su- it's pretty succinct, if I'm being fair. Well, hey, we can throw it up there. There's not? not a lot of wiggle room in this one. Yeah, that's that's pretty much straight ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say, I would also say. You did not beat around the bush at all. Not a lot of analysis there, but I, I think when it comes to that school up north, I don't think you need a lot of analysis. But once, at, uh, once, once the clock hit zero on this this Minnesota game tonight, I think this was this was the consensus reaction for most people on social media. It was like, all right, it's behind us. Just oh. start start putting out the tweets. 
you think they waited for the clock to hit zero on this one? Because it <laughs> it sure seemed after that second touchdown, after the uh, the Minnesota fumble, it sure seemed like people flipped that switch pretty damn quick early in the third <laughs> quarter once you got up uh, comfortably by, I think, 27 to nothing. So, uh, yeah, drop a comment. As always, we're a new podcast. You guys make us. That is the reality of this. Please make sure to subscribe, follow, rate give us all the good stuff guys we appreciate it we appreciate you guys again make the podcast and yes i am begging but that's okay that's what i do now with that being said we do have the michigan panic meter coming up uh before the end of the show we've got love it like it and leave it you can leave it meaning leave your uh comments on your love it like it and leave it's uh both on social media at nick wilson says at spencito underscore or in the comment sections here and uh, even if you're not live, if you're just hanging out on the YouTube channel for 92.3 The Fan, give us your love it, like it, and leave it. Um, you had a you had a take. You and I disagreed on kind of the end of first half sequencing for Kyle McCord and Ryan Day, but you actually wanted to come out because you have some praise for Ryan yeah. Day today. Yeah. Am I correct in that? Yeah, because a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, we talked a little bit about just is, is Ryan Day holding back Kyle McCord. And you brought up in the first segment like, I think it's pretty obvious he just doesn't trust him in certain instances. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's true. I do think that's true. And I think at this point, I'm I'm trusting that this deep into your regular season, um like I'm I you're eleven and oh, you've played all these games, you had preseason training, you had the early season stretch, you you're now at the Michigan game. I'm trusting that Ryan Day is good enough at his job to understand like where he's at with Kyle McCord and what he has in Kyle McCord to understand how, how you're going to get the most out of him. And I thought that tonight he was trying his damnedest to get the most out of him. It wasn't always pretty. We talked a lot about the starting slow. You know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more later about the red zone offense, which I've harped on numerous times this year. Settling for field goals is not going to win you games against Michigan, Georgia, those teams, obviously. So we'll talk about that more later. I'm not saying it was always perfect. I'm not saying he had the right play call at every, at every moment. Um, but I also think that's part of being a play caller. Like you're never going to ace every single play. But I did think that tonight you saw some creativity from Day. You saw him trying to get Ibuka the ball on some end around type stuff, and even get him the ball in some other situations, knowing that he's finally healthy again, and that Marvin Harrison Jr. was kind of getting double teamed. Basically, like all game long, you saw Minnesota in that that two deep show. They were playing cover two most of the night with safety help over the top on Marvin Harrison Jr. And you knew they were trying to take him away like most teams try to do. And I think Dave found other ways to get other guys involved and get uh, McCord comfortable throwing to guys like Stover, which has been sort of a nice sort of comfort zone for him at times. Uh, Igbuka, he got Henderson early going on the first drive of the game. I think it was like a two to six pass to to run ratio on that opening drive that they scored on. And I thought that built some confidence in the offense. I think, and and I do think as you look ahead to that team up North, like that's going to be one of the keys for this team. We, we've talked a lot about what the offensive identity is for this group. And that if Travion Henderson can get healthy, that's the thing you lean on. I think that they proved tonight, like they can, he looked good tonight. Like I'm not even, not even like take the 75 yard run out of it. There were plays where he'd pick up like four yards and he was like full steam ahead, ready to run guys over, coming out of a pile, just completely unscathed. Like, looked like he had a lot of energy, looked like he had a lot of pep in his step. I love what I saw from him today. And I thought that Ryan Day tried to kind of use that as a momentum builder for the offense. And I think it's the same exact thing you got to try to do next week. The difference is you have to be able to finish those drives a little bit better than they did tonight. But I, I thought he was creative. I thought he was pretty good tonight. And I think he tried to find ways to get more comfortable early. I, I can't fault him for much tonight other than maybe the end of the half sequence like we talked about and some other things. I think it's been a pretty consistent push and pull between who held whom back on any given day. Um, by and large, by the way, I I do think it's been Kyle McCord holding Ryan Day back maybe more than yeah. the opposite. But I just thought Kyle wasn't good early. And I thought, you know, I think I think some of this you have to give credit to Minnesota's defense. I thought they did a great job in coverage. They were really well disciplined. And I thought, you know, it's funny, like the defensive line, I think only came away with one sack. But I think you kind of saw that they were able to get, um, you know, okay pressure. But I think some of it was just the kid just sped it up, man. And when when 
you know, it, it it's one thing when you're fighting a good pass rush. It's another thing when you're fighting um, that clock in your head because yeah. the coverage is good. And I think, you know, to me, I think that's a little, it's a little alarm bell there uh, for, for Kyle McCord going to this next little stretch here because, and that doesn't mean he can't beat Michigan, but I'm incredibly empathetic when a young quarterback feels that pressure from the, the defensive line and just buckles. Cause I think that's just something you have to get used to the speed of college football. However, when, when the pass rush is just okay, and you're buckling under the pressure of good coverage. And I know covered sacks are real. So I don't want to over, like, I'm not trying to, I, I want to give Minnesota credit. They did a hell of a job early in this game in coverage. But Kyle McCord really struggled. And his, a couple of his throws were wildly off, off uh, target. And it just wasn't good enough. And I, I, you would have liked to just see a better performance from him as you get ready for, for Michigan. Uh, we do have Radu pitching in there, chiming in on the comments, saying uh, Day was not showing a lot tonight, kept stuff close so that Michigan wouldn't steal signals. I had <laughs> I, I knew we had to get into that. Um, can we, no, I mean, can we, can we laugh, by the way, at the fact that uh, on the during the Michigan game, did you notice? Did you watch the game? Did you yeah. notice? You mean where they were trying to block? They were out trying the to cover out. Yeah, like oh, the irony, the irony of that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I think the whole situation is officially in in Michigan's head. Michigan should have steamrolled Maryland today, but that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, we have well, not it is mentioned here because we have to talk about it. But yeah, well, we have not. <laughs> by the way, a couple things that have happened. Jordan Travis for Florida State, and this is this does have real significant yeah. um, playoff implications. Jordan Travis has what what appears to be a compound fracture in one of his legs. He he hurt it um, in Florida State's game. It it was don't watch the video on Twitter is what I would say. Um, and then we obviously have the Michigan game, but we've made it this far and we've not talked about the defense. The defense and I miss listen Minnesota without Taylor is just they they're very young and they're probably a few players away so it's not just you're young you're not talented yeah. enough well, but I, I thought I, Jack I, Sawyer I, Jack Sawyer w- lived rent free in the head of Kelly oh yeah. Manis today and I thought it was his best game as a buckeye this season that was insanely impressive I I don't do we do buck watch I know dog check is the thing we do with the browns <laughs> like whatever dog check version is you know uh, Buck nuts watch. I don't know. Nut watching. I don't know. But like, holy, holy hell, that's a different thing. That involves only fans. But Jack Sawyer was amazing today. And I yeah. just, I, I can't, and, and uh, Denzel Burke had a couple moments, all the usual suspects, Tyleek Williams with a couple uh, run stuffs there. I just thought, you know, they did a really good job of just not, just not giving Minnesota any opportunity to get momentum but it's it, again, Jack Sawyer, Jack Sawyer, yeah. Jack yeah, Sawyer. Great. Kudos to the junior because that was a yeah. very nice performance from him. I thought he was great. I thought Tyler Williams had another really good game, and his name has popped up a number of times this season uh, yeah. on that defensive line. I, I think uh, you you talked earlier in the week though when we did our preview just about like this being a young offense, and I do think that was kind of what played on the field today. Nick was like, you had a defense that was probably more solid than I gave them credit for on on Tuesday. And they sort of disrupted some things for Ohio State at times and made their lives a little harder until they were able to sort of out-talent them, which has been the story of their season. And an offense that Kelly McManus was, I think he struggled at times against a really good Ohio State defense. And they're just young and they don't have the talent yet. And they're still kind of learning some things in their own right. And we kind of knew that's what was going to happen here. Like that, Like you never felt like – Minnesota was ever going to make a game out of it because their offense couldn't do anything. And the only real concern you had was like, well, just don't let McCord make a mistake. So I think that was kind of how it played out on the field today. Um, but you're right. Jack Sawyer was excellent today. Defensive line as a whole was excellent today. Your Denzel Burke, I know made a couple big plays, a couple big tackles. Um, so I, I think all around the defense continues to be something that we just praise, praise, praise. And, and can they I get say their something? true test against Michigan, and the, the offense, I think, is still sort of ironing some things out, but we've seen some stronger things emerge like Trevion Henderson. I think the uh, defense deserves a lot of credit. But, yeah. the, you know, I gave P.J. Fleck a lot of credit early in the podcast for how he set up Ohio State in these, like, impossible situations, right? And the punter, the, it was – the MVP stands for most valuable punter 
today because <laughs> he like he just consistently in that first half pinned Ohio State back up against their own ass. And I thought that was fantastic. But when you start the second half with the Travion Henderson 75-yard uh, touchdown run, and again, I mean, you had the fumble, you had the interception, like the, you were – you kind of offensively, you were making mistakes, but at no point did PJ Fleck ever go, Hey, we're behind by like 27 points. Hey, we're getting the crap kicked out of us. Kaliak Manis, maybe on a third and eight, maybe on a third and five. I'm going to let that kid pass because Minnesota was awful on third downs today. And a lot of it was everyone knew on third down, 90% of the time, you're going to run the damn ball. And I thought that his philosophy was great in the first half. But the second you really got behind it, uh, behind the eight ball in the, the the second half, all of a sudden, you just started – he just kept doing the same thing. And it's yeah. like maybe well, there was a fear of I don't want to lose 70 to nothing. But like that Kaliak Manic kid, you can kind of – Kaliak Manis kid, you can see there's something there. And he had a couple of nice throws that kind of were in space and – in reality, the offense probably takes too long to set up against a, a defense like Ohio State. But, like, why not give that kid a chance when to start just trying to sling the ball around? Because, quite yeah. frankly, you weren't having any success well, on the ground because they shut down Newbin and they shut down Evans quick. And I, I think, again, that goes back to what I was saying. Like, you just saw the limitations of that offense. They were a run-first team. That was their identity. That's what they wanted to do. And I think when – you know, the game sort of got more lopsided and PJ Fleck could have tried to get out of it. I don't know. We talk about, you know, I don't, I don't follow Minnesota football closely enough to know like the dynamics between PJ Fleck and his quarterback, but we talk about Ryan day and Kyle McCord and the trust between those two. You just wonder if like Fleck's not there with trusting Kaliak Manis, Kaliak Manis yet where he's willing to let him do that type of stuff. Or if you're right, maybe he was worried about like, well, it could get a lot worse if we go three and out here too quickly or whatever. But he did make a couple of good throws. Actually, I, I wrote down the one. There was a third and 14 in the first half, and he completed kind of a crossing pass that yep. got him a first down on a big play, 32 yards. So, yeah, like he made a few plays. I, I, I think Fleck probably should have trusted him a little bit more, but clearly they just weren't comfortable doing anything that wasn't running the football. I think. Well, and I think trust is important, but at some point it doesn't matter if you trust the kid or not. Yeah, you just have You're to. You're down. Like you, you just you, have you to. Like, uh, well, I, he, I he was, co- you know what? He was coaching that job. Like he knows he's not getting fired from Minnesota. That's what he was coaching that job. Right. Like, Oh well, yeah, yeah but- I've gotten nine win seasons and this is basically the ceiling. So I'll be back next year. Well, maybe we'll try a little harder against Ohio state. Then I also think he was coaching not to lose. And when you're down 27 to nothing, or, you know, after that, that uh, third touchdown, like, ah, man, just do something more. You know what I mean? Like give your kids, cause here's the thing. You're, you're not coming back in that game. You were losing that game. And so I can understand saying to yourself, Oh, we're losing this game. Let's not get embarrassed. I would also look at my guy, my young quarterback and say, Hey man, listen, they think we can't get back into it. I'm going to try and do a couple of things here and give you a shot. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You're playing with house money. Go out there and give it a shot. Now I completely forgot to get to the Emeka Abuka point earlier. Um, Emeka Abuka having his best game since before his injury, to me, that has real – like we talked about the the negative stuff leading into the Michigan game about how kind of soft the, the offense looked, how bad Kyle McCord looked. Emeka Abuka with an 80-plus yard um, receiving yard performance. You mentioned trying to get a couple uh, – get him the ball in, in a couple different ways. I think if you can get Abuka – really rolling, if he can build off this into this Michigan game, I think that's a way all of a sudden that no longer can Michigan just focus on Marvin Harrison Jr. Because Abuka is box office. And I just thought that was really crucially important that he had this kind of game heading into next week. Yeah. Because it it just allows you, like, now, because if you've got got Henderson, Harrison Jr., and Abuka, that's that's the kind of weapon with a, a smattering of uh, of Cade and and Julian Fleming and Tate and and G Scott and all these other guys and who knows if they'll play Dallas Hayden because the red shirt's up in the air. But like now, all of a sudden, you got like that's that's some weapons that you can kind of throw at Michigan that maybe you can be a little aggressive early in the game because well, a book is going to be able to get early and that's going to take the Michigan defense kind of get it off its yeah. uh, off off its even keel. 
Well, and that's that's part of why I praise Ryan Day tonight. I, I thought he did a good job of working in Egbuka, who we've been waiting to kind of see bust out. I also just think in general, they handled his kind of return the the way they should have. Like there was yeah, he they didn't force he, it. he yeah, exactly. Like what was it? I think for the Penn State game, they said he was cleared to play. I don't even think he ended up playing a snap in that game. I'm pretty sure he didn't take the field, but they said like in the in case of emergency, he was available or whatever it was, yep. and they didn't use him. Okay, good. They kind of eased him in. Then he's he slowly sort of started just taking a little bit more reps, a few more snaps, and a few more snaps, and a few more snaps, and then it tr- it transpired into tonight, which was you talk about it being the last dress rehearsal, if you will, before Michigan. It's clear they were like, okay, let's take the the Corvette out of the garage. It's you know s- springs over the the bad weather's gone. It's the summer now. We can let the top down and see what we can do with this guy now that he's back fully healthy. And I do think that that is a, a a true weapon that's almost coming back. Like you're getting a weapon now coming back for this Michigan game and something that you haven't been able to show a lot of already to this point. So I think it's a nice tool in the arsenal of Ryan Day and this offense for uh, for next week, no doubt. Now, before we, we get into the, the Michigan panic meter and um, love it, like it. Can we talk about it. whether or not it was an intentional grounding in the uh... – Oh, I, I I didn't even care about the intentional grounding. Um, I care about the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after the touchdown, and here's why. Oh, I was ta- no no no. I was talking about in the in the Michigan Maryland game. Yeah, no, that one doesn't matter to me right now because I I want to I'll get to it in a second. Um, um, I just got to say, it was not a pen. So okay, I don't think they should have. I don't think literally half the defense should have been flagged after the interception. Because that's when it happened after the the Hancock interception, um, I thought it was really funny to hear them call out half of the the defense's name. What's like, the, what's the number I'm one? Thinking, number seven. I'm thinking there's a movie scene. What's the movie scene where like there's a whole bunch of flags and the uh, the referee stands there and he like rattles? I'm trying to think of it off the top of my head. I can't. Remember. I can't think of it, but I'm telling you right now that was excessive. But here's what. Here's what. Okay, I actually am okay with that being called a penalty. The only reason it really pisses me off. They hadn't even set formation on the celebration. And that Jagoff referee was was jimmying for his flag. He, like that man, as soon as he saw the seven dudes line up, like they weren't even in position. It was like if that was a family picture, no, like everybody's blinking and there's like nobody set. And that dude was grabbing for his flag. And I really do hate it, really annoys me. When a referee, before the actual cardinal sin of taunting, oh no, before that actually happens, he was ready to call taunting. And that's what pissed me off. And then I did laugh (laughs) because he mentioned 17 names to make sure that any of those goddamn kids so much as, as, as like smiled again in that game, they'd get a second one, get ejected. Can we all admit the dumbest, the dumbest part of this? Was that son of a bitch having his hand on? Yeah. Like I couldn't tell if he was trying to pull well, his flag and, or his and... dick. Like he was ready. <laughs> we've seen, we've had enough of that on this show. That's for sure. That's fair. Um, <laughs> this is the dick positive show. I uh, yeah no that's that's uh that's you know the fact that he was basically already planning on doing it before he did it um, is is a problem. But I you know I, I think you know this about me. Like I'm very much team let them have fun whether it's college football or otherwise. So I don't really, unless it's something actually egregiously inappropriate, I'm always like, eh, I don't care if they're celebrating, having fun. I mean, we talk here in Cleveland, like, what's the whole thing with the Browns? Like Jim Schwartz tells the defensive guys if they don't celebrate plays, that's and it's a like a loaf and they get yeah. yelled at for it. Like, yep. it, it's sports, man. Like, these guys are going out and playing this these this gladiator game, and it's emotional and it's fun for them, and they make these amazing plays. Like, I don't care if they celebrate and get, you know, whatever, but everyone's like, Oh, well, first of all, I, I, I guess I kind of understand the, the image they were trying to uphold when it was just like, Oh, this is college. And we uh, we're all about sportsmanship here, but guys with the NIL era officially here, we are well past that. Like we are well past the idea that we're giving off. Like these are just student athletes and they all have to be kind to each other and show that Ohio state is a good, nice school. And we're all just abiding by the rules here. Like, I just don't know why it was excessive or or why it was over the line. Like that to me is just uh, now getting, I do want to get to the, uh, the, the, um, 
intentional, intentional grounding. grounding penalty real quick. Do you think it was? I, I, I don't think it was because, and this is what, uh, who is the, who's the official, the guy who's on with Gus and Joel for like their officiating. I forget who it is off the top of I don't, my head. I don't but... remember those nerds names. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't about, no, I, when they're like, oh, we're going to go to rules. It's not Mike it's Pereira because like, he's with I'm the gonna, NFL. I'm going to go to Mormon underwear Mike, who's now going to tell us about missionary sex and, and how women can't have <laughs> orgasms. That's what every goddamn officiating expert is. They're the a-hole in school. And uh, Radu saying it's Dean Blandino. Dean Blandino, they, yes. They're thank the, you. Thank you, they're thank the you, thank a-hole you. that's like, when you're playing Uno in school, you can't do that. You can't yeah. do that. It's yeah, like dude, I, it's it's not the World Uno so, Championships, and, and okay, my, bro? My thing is, even Dean said this on the broadcast, and and it's what I've always known the rule to be too. Is like it's a judgment call. Like some are obvious, some are obviously intentional grinding. Like when the guy throws it out of bounds, clearly he like whatever. It it looked like Talia was trying to get it there. Was it like eight yards short of his guy? Yeah, but like it wasn't like he just threw it into a random place. Like there was a guy at the other end of that pass. If he had been able to get a little more air underneath it, where it would have been a little bit closer. I thought in that stage of the game, on a penalty that is literally a judgment call, is and it, that's again what Dean Blandino said on the broadcast as well. You let it go. You let it go because you're you're basically now interjecting yourself into a game and an outcome that could be a pretty exciting ending if you let it just kind of play out. We'll see. I, I get, and it might've just ended with Michigan getting a sack or turnover on downs or whatever. And it wouldn't have mattered. but I just, I didn't love it in that instance because it is just a judgment call at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm, I think if a, uh, if somebody is within the general vicinity of the throw, it can't be intentional right. grounding. Agreed. So when it, that's just a moment where I think like awareness is really important with refs and it is, I actually think college refs are a hell of a lot more aware of things than maybe NFL officials are where they're more likely to like call like a really tight game. And then out of nowhere, just like throw 17 flags, like the, uh, the Browns and Ravens game at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So like, by and large, I think they get that call right more often in college than they do in the NFL. However, in that game, in that yeah. circumstance, I thought I like it was it. a I well, listen, I didn't think it was intentional grounding. The the guy was close enough. So, like, if he's close enough, like that, like this wasn't like he had half a field open and it was clear that he wasn't like, come on, you have to like. And knowing that game, knowing the the situation of that game, if you think if you if there's even a kernel of doubt, you can't call that play. If I was in that stadium, I would have been starting the bullshit, bullshit. I would have been me in the stands starting the chant. I would have done it. That's a pretty good a bullshit chant. Call. I'm not gonna lie; it was a pretty good bullshit. I thought about going. I thought about going three. I, I stopped the two. You know. It well, is listen. Um, we can do better. We will do better. All right, guys. We uh, we've got the Michigan Panic Meter. We've got love it, like it, or leave it. You can leave your love it, like it, leave it. That's something you loved from today, something you liked from today, and something you would like to leave from today. Leave it in the comments or at Nick Wilson says at Spencito underscore. But first, but first, it's time for a quick word from our sponsors.
All right, guys, we are back. And if you know the show, you know this is the time where we take stock of our feelings heading into uh, or getting one week closer to a Michigan matchup. In this case, it is literally next week. And I am going to stick, right? You can go gray, light gray, white, which is neutral, scarlet, which is the second most panicked, and then the most panicked being Sorry, light scarlet is second most panicked, and then most panicked is scarlet. I'm going to stay in the white there, Spencer. But I will tell you, like, I really thought about um, going back into uh, light scarlet because of Kyle McCord's performance. I think some of it might have been they didn't want to give away too much heading into next week. And I also, the other reason why I'm not going to dock them is um, Michigan looked not great today against what I would say is a the definition of a middle middle of the pack mm. Maryland team in the Big Ten. Well, so, let's talk I, about that quickly because, uh, like, I wanted I, I was curious how much this would impact your meter. I'll give you mine here in a second, but I'm curious, like, do you walk? How, how much are you walking away from that game? Like, you know, giving a little bit of the side eye, the side eye emoji, like, oh, uh, okay, okay, like there might be something there that Ohio State can take advantage of, and and no. why do you think they look like that? I mean, listen, I, I, I think it was Radu on our comments that, that said J.J. looks banged up. I do think that is an yeah. interesting wrinkle heading into also, that game. Also, th- like they – first of all, he's not winning the Heisman anymore. They, they, mm-hmm. they spent the last two weeks just like running the football into oblivion, so I think he's, his Heisman conversation's over. Um, and I don't – like I, at first I maybe thought like, okay – Maybe they're just going to do this to, you know, not give things away for Ohio State. But then it was like, no, that like that's such a stupid way to play football. It's like, oh, we're not going to do anything with J.J. McCarthy before the Ohio State game. Like, especially when you were in that Penn State game and it was a little close for a while. This game was close for a little while. Like, I think that's just what they're doing. And I don't know that I'm, like, deathly afraid of J.J. McCarthy. Also of note, I know that uh, Michigan lost one of their best receivers today, too. Yep. In uh, Ramon uh, Raymond Wilson, so that's a that's a big one as well. Um, so yeah, I like I don't know. I, I I think there's a number of factors in play here. I think a I I I think finally Michigan's playing some teams that were again Maryland's more of a middle of the road team, but like you got Penn State last week. Okay, they put up a decent fight. They kept it close at the end. It was a little bit you know tighter at the end there. Uh, today was tighter at the end there, and I think they've gotten a little bit more tested of late. I think that this sign-stealing scandal, which, by the way, I'm taking a victory lap here really quickly because two on, on two fronts, on two fronts. First of all, I think that my theory that Sharon Moore was just playing it up for the cameras last week is 100% true after today. Did you watch his post-game interview today? He Absolutely looked like not. unrecognizable from last week. He was very, like, buttoned up. He sounded like Kevin Stefanski after every Browns game. He was like, yeah. yeah, very good win for us. You know, a thousand wins in program history. That's a big milestone. That Do you know why? For, that one's for you, coach. And then he said, but you know what? It's guys like this that 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 got us the win. So you talk to them. And he walked off with a, with a normal face, normal everything. He, he played it up for the camera so hard. And then you know what? They had to eat crow this week when all this evidence started coming out against them. And now all of a sudden he was like, oh, shit. You know what? I better not pull. I better not pull out the tears again and fake no. my way through this interview. No, 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 no. You know, you're being being the the big Ohio State homer here, and I appreciate it. Um, do you know why Sharon Moore completely looked different today? It's because he knew that everybody made fun of him for a week. I mean, that <laughs> dude was roasted on every show because it was so over the top. And so well, goofy. But that so gets into the I don't second think it has part. anything to do with guilt or not guilt. I think it has everything to do with, dude, people were saying this could cost me a job because I look like a bitch. That's what this had to do. <laughs> he did look like a bitch. It's very true. Yeah, I, 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 now, yeah, now, you but, know what? You say that to his face. We got to get Sharon Moore on the podcast. And we're going to say our, to his face. That's our special guest? Does Sharon Moore look like a bitch? Oh, man. So, But that gets me to the second thing I'm taking a victory lap on, which is I said all along, and this, and you, and you admitted this too to an extent, like the whole we're the victim act, it wasn't going to play well publicly. It didn't play well publicly. And then guess what happened? You guys got found out. And all this, ev- the, the, this uncovered evidence that got brought to light this week, you had people destroying evidence that the NCAA was trying to look into, and that coach gets clipped. You had uh, 
just all these different things come out. This this un- Uncle T. That you know what? That's that's a question we should throw out there. Give us your in the comments section. Who do you think Uncle T is? I think most people have us have an idea, but who do you think Uncle T is? Ready for it? Tim Allen. Think mm. about it. Pure Michigan. He's the voice of Pure <laughs> Michigan. That's he's right. A, he's, he uh, loves talking about you know just Michigan in general. Um, he's he's really like overly confident. Like he's an average comedian that lucked into a great show, uh, you know, uh, show business career. And can you just see him being like, oh, you need uh, you need an extra two hundred and fifty k there, Connor Stallions? Oh, 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 oh. right. <laughs> like he could do the whole bit. Because as long as you're handing people money, and can we also say he's going to be like his neighbor from Home Improvement, looking over the fence? That that's what he was. Uh... Yes, he's like Wilson. And I just want to say, I officially welcome Uncle T to this podcast because now Uncle T, like, if it really was this Terry Smith guy, you know, he's been kicked out of the 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 uh, Michigan Circle or whatever it's called. He's been kind of kicked out of the NIL Uncle Collective, Trust. and he's got a lot of money. And he doesn't know what to do with it. And I hear, I'm now stepping up sponsors. to Uncle T and say, if you want to do Uncle T's Sons of the Show podcast, and don't don't worry about paying Odyssey, just pay Spencer and I. <laughs> All right? And listen, I'm a when we day, When we man. pause for a word from our sponsors, we'll just be Uncle T. That's Yes. It. It's just him. And he's like, hey, guys. Can I get you? Can I get you some Connor Stallions? That's how he talks in my head. Sorry if that's not how you sound. Say you some vacuums. But yeah, like listen, Uncle T, come down to Sarshon Chevrolet with me and buy me a high country. Okay. Um, <laughs> like maybe buy me a house. You bought Connor Stallions an effing house. You can buy me a house. Houses down here are cheaper than they would be in Ann Arbor. True. So I'm just saying, like Uncle T, I'm here. I can be bought. And, you know, you can take me to Sarshone, you can take me to Bookman, and I can buy my wife a new uh, wedding ring because the old one's cheap and janky because we're I was just broke. The li- we're just going yeah. through the list of, yes. uh, of, well, of 92. I'll take you to monster. Master Pizza, and I'll get you some of the uh, <laughs> uh, the pepperoni passion. We'll sit there. You can tussle my hair. You're out of the Michigan circle of trust, but you are very yes. much in the afternoon in, drive. Into the sons of into the, the shoes. the sons of the shoes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. No, not the afternoon drive. Leave Just Dustin the, the fuck of the out shoes. of this. No, Dustin <laughs> yeah, does true. not get he my doesn't Uncle need T it. money. He doesn't need Uncle T money. He's got his own Uncle T from back in the day. Okay? I need my uncle. All my uncles are dead. You know what? I'm going there. I'm now I'm now. You're going to adopt him as an uncle? No, no, no. What I'm doing is now it's guilt. Uncle T. I don't have any uncles anymore. All right. <laughs> I they're need all, you. They're all dead. I mean, pretty much. And you know what? Pretty much all the men in my family, uh, like all the older males outside of my older brother and my my grandpa, they're all dead too. So like, I'm I'm like I'm like Oliver Twist, man. Like I'm like um, like I, I'm like uh, I'm like the Are You My Mom? That dumb uh, that dumb bird book that they, that we read to kids. Like I'm that. Like Uncle T. Are you my uncle? Yes. You For the right now. amount of money? For the right amount of money? Absolutely yes. I blacked out. What that was a very long-winded way to get to my point of Michigan tried to play the victim thing. I was I was totally like we I was so ready to well, we did dive into it, I guess, on Tuesday, the America's team thing that Jim Harbaugh put out there. And they had the like you asked me last week, do you really want them to like just sit back and be like, Oh yeah, we did something bad and whatever? And that's basically what they had to do this week. They basically had to sit back and admit wrongdoing and then just go out and play football. And I think we saw that today. They still came out with the win. But I do think it's gotten – I think there's just a little bit, an inkling, just an inkling where it's kind of wearing on them a little bit now and it's affecting them differently than it did a week ago where it was this rallying cry. Now it's like, a, okay, this really happened and we got to wear it and everybody hates us. How are we going to arise in these moments? And so because of all these different factors and because Michigan didn't look as good today, I think there is a, a window of opportunity here that Ohio State could, could play a close game. I also think that you have, first of all, when these two teams do play, there was a number of years where we thought Ohio State was worlds better than Michigan and they would still play close games. I think that's always just kind of par for the course with these two teams generally when they get together. I know the last two years have been blowouts, but I think it could be closer this year. I think there's an opportunity that Ohio State could still walk out of there with a win. We'll see. The fact that's on the road makes it a little tougher. But because of that, I have swayed slightly more into the light gray. You're such into a... the light gray. I'm just so disappointed. You and I were so unbiased. We were so straight and narrow with our coverage on this. 
And we weathered the storm. We weathered the criticism. And the second Sharon Moore cried, there's something went off inside of your brain that you like, like, I kind of want to know where you were on January 6th, a couple years ago, because I just feel, I just, I just feel like, I feel like you're all getting into that cultish mentality that some can, you know, that some might be prone to. Can I just tell you though, what really changed? Did it trigger me? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but it was very much true that like that was ridiculous. That was a hundred percent like that was the that was the corniest thing I've ever seen. Like a, 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 somebody try to pull on us. Like All right. you guys are accused of these 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 things. You guys are accused of cheating and sign stealing. But you're gonna act like we're idiots and that we should feel sorry for you. Like I All like right. that's not how you win my sympathy. That's just not I, how you do it. I've got a two parter for you. Do you own khakis? And were you in Charlottesville about six years ago? Oh I don't know. And again, God. they're completely no. unrelated questions. All right. Can I tell you where people people are so thirsty to take a victory lap on this Michigan thing, this Michigan sign stealing uh, thing, that they've missed the actual point here. Because this is no longer about sign stealing. All right. And the penalties that they would have received for just sign stealing probably – would have already been like, I think we would have met the threshold. The moment that Michigan had to fire their linebackers coach because he destroyed yeah, information and destroyed that's technology huge. while in the midst of an investigation. Now, I will be honest with you. That matters most if it's like an actual um, legal investigation. Right. Like the FBI is involved. Yeah, yeah, like that, honestly, that's stuff you do like 10 to 20 years for. But in terms of the NCAA, now it's real. So it's weird how people, oh, oh, see, now it's for real. No, guys, when it was just sign stealing, it was the dumbest thing in the world. Now you have one of these dumbasses, and that's it. You have to be a dumbass in the middle of an investigation to not just not just delete, te- you know, d- destroy technology, but then to have some evidence that you destroyed that technology or you destroyed information on it. You have to be really stupid. And so I, I, I just, now it's real. Now it is Here's, could Jim Harbaugh not yeah. be coaching all of next year because that is the kind of thing that looks like lack of institutional well, control. He'll be, he'll be coaching, but it'll just be in the NFL. I, I What I'll compare the Sharon Moore crying thing to is this. I have a nearly <laughs> – Still 18, back to it. Still I have, back no, 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 no. Listen, because this is how I – this is how I'm trying to explain like what triggered in my head. It's like I have an, an almost 18-month child at home, and there's little moments where like – you know, my wife gets some new shelf and puts something on it and there's something fragile in there that he's not supposed to touch. And he kind of walks up to it with his hand out and he's kind of just lo- like, and we understand like you're, you're, you're only 18 months. You're still learning. You don't get it. So we're willing to, you know, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But when you hear, when you hear us say, Hey, Hey, don't touch, don't touch. And if you can stop yourself and then go play with something else, okay, we're good. But the second you touch it, then I lose it and I get mad at you and say, hey, you weren't supposed to touch that. Now you're in trouble. That's what happened. Michigan had me believing like this wasn't that big of a deal. People are blowing it out of proportion, all this different stuff. And then they tried to go too far. They tried to take it too far and play the victim game. They're like, oh, no, woe is me. We're the victims here. We did nothing wrong. And we all know you actually did something wrong. That was against the rules of the Big Ten, whether or not other teams are doing it or not. You got caught. Just, just you got to own it. Like it's the it's the definition of like fuck around and find out. You fucked around and you found out. Sorry. So in reality, it, none of the facts have actually changed here for you. It's just you got mad because they didn't handle it the way you wanted them to. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, shit. That was that was well, honest. Well, okay. and I I will I will say I will say too. Like as I as I thought about it more. The other thing that I think really did sway me in some way was thinking through, like, we could sit here and say, Nick, well, it doesn't matter. Everybody's doing it. But on some level, it must have mattered enough to invest so much time and money into this scandal and have a booster who was literally funding the damn thing for them to, like, keep doing it. So on some level, like, I don't don't know if there's a way to quantify the type of advantage that it gave them. But as I thought about that more and that point specifically, I was like, yeah, like I get other teams are probably doing this, 
And we know how protective coaches are over their signs and what, you know, reporters at practice and what they're sharing and what they give away. They don't even tell you who's injured anymore until the day of um, because they don't want anything to get out of the building, like all these different things. Like they're so protective over this stuff. But on some level, like they it, clearly it must have been giving Michigan some sort of advantage if they put all that time and money into it. And so I think the combination of that point and then them taking it to another level with the crying thing and acting like the victims put me in a situation where I was like, you know what, forget it. I, I'm I'm on the side of, of uh, Ohio State Homer here. All right, let's get to love it, like it, and leave it. And you can leave your love it, like it, leave it in our comment section. Or if you're listening to this, post the live version uh, wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Um, please make sure, at Nick Wilson says, at Spencito underscore, we love to see this. Even if you're like listening to it on a random Wednesday, we still love to see it. So my uh, my love it is... The, the Big Ten regular season has effectively come to a close. I know you have the Michigan game. That's the real close. But all the games that don't goddamn matter are over, and we are on to Michigan. And I, that I love. We've, we've been waiting to really see what this team is, and we're about to find out. And I'm just – I'm excited to finally have the team and the opportunity for uh, Ryan Day to answer the last two losses. So that's what I love. I loved uh, Mecca Buka today. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, but just uh, him coming back now mostly healthy and contributing in a big way like he did. And I think you saw Ryan Day had some some specific schematic things drawn up just for him. And I think it's great that as you get ready for that Michigan game, that obviously is the, the big stage, that Kyle McCord will now have another weapon at his disposal that isn't just throwing that up to Marvin Harrison Jr. That's still a good strategy at times, but it's nice that he's going to have another weapon at his in his arsenal, along with Trayvon Henderson, who's just gotten better and better and looks so, so good tonight. All right, my like it is, I got to admit it, I like the Golden Domes. That was awesome. That uh, mm. The Minnesota helmet with the, like, um, the cursive M with that gold. I got to tell you guys, there's something about gold helmets that just really work with the right uh, uniform combo, so... Kudos to Minnesota. That was awesome. I'm actually going with a fashion one here too, Nick. I love or I sorry, I, I already loved my something. I, this is like it. I liked that jacket that Ryan Day was rocking on the sideline. Did you did you notice that jacket? Like it's like a bomber jacket. It's got the Ohio State logo. It's got like a little like white pattern, like a white uh stripe pattern on the sleeves and on the collar. And I looked it up after I, I looked it up during the game. Christmas is just around the corner. Anybody looking for a gift idea for me? It's out there. I saw it at uh, Rally House. I saw it at Dick's. It's all, it's out there for the taking. If you're looking to get Spencer German here, a nice little Christmas gift. Your favorite host on Sons of the Shoe, <laughs> Uncle T. If you're out there, <laughs> get Spencer. Get Spencer. All right. So, um, moving to the leave it. I didn't like how how apt or how on it. The referee who called the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, um, it, that really irritated me. He he clearly went into that moment looking to throw a penalty. I don't know why, but I don't know what about it. And I actually, like this, maybe this is the better leave it. I want an explanation on why it is. Because that's another one of those, you know, when you see it moments. And I feel like if a ref is going to do that, we need the, we need the what is it, the, the pool report where officials explain why that was an uh, was a 15-yard penalty on seven kids who if, again, you get another kind of ticky-tack unsportsmanlike penalty, you're going to throw a kid out of the game for that. So yeah, I, I just I, I didn't like that. I'd like a damn explanation. What is your leave it? That's a good one. Uh, my leave it is something I've touted throughout the season, just the red zone offense. Um, it is the one area tonight that I thought Ryan Day could have been a little more creative at times. And where I thought Kyle McCord struggled maybe the most. Yes, he had some other instances where he wasn't great. But, it, again, riding high off the Michigan State win, you felt like the offense was really rolling last week. Rightfully so. Michigan State's terrible. Um, but this week it, it felt like, okay, if they can kind of pick up where they left off and keep things going, maybe there's something, some momentum you're building for the Michigan game. And I felt like they kind of took a step back there because you can't come up short of touch, come up short of the end zone against Michigan especially early in games, or I think they'll they'll put you away earlier um, on. So that that's a that's a concern for me 
um, as we get ready for that team up north next week. All right, guys, that does it for us. Ohio State 37, Minnesota 3. We'll see you next year, PJ Fleck. We'll see you the next time. I think they actually might be better next year. They got some real talent on offense. If they can just keep them together and out of the portal. Um, it's going to be Michigan week, guys. And not only are we going to have you on the live version on 92.3 The Fans YouTube page right here uh, when the latest selection rankings come out on Tuesday night, but we've got you um, early on Tuesday. We're going to have a preview of the Michigan game, all the ins and outs. And throughout the week, we're actually going to try and put together a couple of things. We're going to try and have um, some special content throughout the week next week leading into the Michigan game to get you guys ready for this, uh, this most hollowed of rivalries. While you can, don't forget, like, subscribe, follow. All the good things, wherever you get your podcast, Sons of the Shoe podcast, we appreciate it. Uncle T, it's at Nick Wilson says, slide into those DMs, Uncle T. <laughs> Until Tuesday, guys, be good. Go Bucks.